1: Kings cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans and by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy's Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy's on Instagram at ziggy's.stockton. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. We are coming off of a really fun episode last week where Ryan and I came on for episode 134 and talked about the thin margin of error in the western conference standings it was a fun episode if you're looking for that episode or any of our others you can always find those streaming on the believe podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts bringing in my co-host today as always ryan was good what is going on the
0: sacramento kings got win number 30 tonight just beat houston uh 500 on that on that current road trip i think it's like three and three or something but you know, Darren Fox is back. Keegan Murray had a huge thirty-point game tonight, so it seems like all is right in Kingsland, uh, dude. I was ju- as you were as you were given the intro. You know, I'm scrolling Twitter, making sure nothing happened last second before we hop on. You know, we want to be the first to bring you that breaking news. But uh, some tweets from yesterday were popping up about the Kings and just straight panic mode, dude, from a lot of people about oh, oh my God, Monty McNair drafted Davion Mitchell over this guy and drafted Keegan Murphy over this guy. You know, and then Keegan Murray comes out tonight and drops 30 and hits like freaking six or seven threes or whatever the hell it was. So granted, it is the Kings versus the Rockets. Uh, Rockets are probably the worst team in the NBA, but a win's a win, man, and that is 30 king wins for the Sacramento Kings before the All-Star break. So, uh, you know, if I had to... You know, if you if you were to ask me back in October if we'd be sitting here right now, I'd have called you fucking crazy. But here we
1: are. Well, we thought the Kings would be. We thought the Kings would be good. We said as much. But you know, we did. Well, you know, I did let my money do the talking, and I did bet the Kings over, as did you. Thirty four and a half was the number that Vegas set. Fuck you, Vegas. You ain't always right, motherfuckers. That's hell yeah, gang, gang, dude, gang, gang, dude. <laughs> we're about to take that money. The only thing I regret is not putting more you know <laughs> I, I didn't put more I, it was a, it was a healthy little bet like a healthy little bet like um, scared money don't make money eric hey you know you ain't saying nothing sure you know what i mean i didn't put your, too your much truer words
0: have ever been spoken
1: well you know football season i want to, you know the thing is going into football season i had a terrible opening month to uh football season uh a lot of teasers i i was i was down big uh the first month and so going into month 2 october You're right. Scared money ain't making money. That's all I'm hearing Mm -hmm. is excuses. But the Kings hit that over. He's all about to cash out going to the playoff ticket. It was funny, Ryan, because on Twitter uh, lately, uh, with the Kings kind of doing what they're doing this season, the Believe Network uh, producers uh, out there have been tagging us in some stuff they've been putting out. And one of the producers on there, uh, me and him are going back and forth. And he he said, you know, Kings are, this is about two weeks ago. And he's like, Kings are just a few games away from the season total over and I was like and I sent him the ticket and I was like you know here it is man buying the playoff ticket with it right and then and he and guess what my boyfriend believe hit me with the same ticket same over threw it back it was it was kind of funny because we're both like you know he's not even a Kings fan but you know I I, I, while I'm on the subject Brian about believe because I had a couple people when I post the, the podcasts out there I'll always put on there you know find us on the believe network and uh, we're like, what's believe? You know, Believe's actually kind of uh, legit. So we've been on believe now, Ryan, for about over a year. We signed a, uh, I guess you can call it a contract, or whatever. Uh, about a year ago, they and what they do is they have shows pretty much in every net and every um region for different sports teams is what they do, and and it's pretty cool. Like if you go on there, there there are a lot of big time uh a big time uh former players that do shows. And I I don't know if you've been on there in a while, right? And that's kind of their model is they pair like a local group with um with a former player. Like Pac-Man Jones is on there. Pac-Man Jones has one. Cordell Stewart has one. Uh a lot of cool a lot of cool players I saw that that are on there. But yeah, I was like, you know, I need to bring it up on the podcast because we always say brought to you, you know, on a Believe Network, but I don't really address it. And then no joke, my wife couldn't be more oblivious to what's going on with the podcast she thinks it's like a goofy hobby which i guess it is but we were scrolling on tv a, a, f- a few months ago on the stadium network so we have youtube tv and straight up the believe show on there and i clicked on i was like hey this is the one of the networks on dude is someone legit dude it's legit yeah, we're cool those are, our,
0: those are our co-workers eric those are our co-workers our colleagues, <laughs> no, that's our like,
1: colleagues. I colleagues. <laughs> but no it was cool like believes coming up man and um yeah, so I I wanted to go into that real quick because I I don't really ever bring it. I mean, you don't really bring it up on the show too much, besides the intro and all that and what it's brought to you. But uh, that was a fun one. Um, yeah, a lot of kings talk tonight, Ryan. Uh, I did. That was. I'm. I'm. It's funny you brought that up on the intro on your intro there about how the sky's falling, dude. And like the just complete lack of composure in Kingsland. I want to talk about it a little bit, but before we do, you know, I'm gonna hit you with a player. I was excited to bring this one to you. Um, you know, you've been so good lately. I, I just. I'm just going to do a fun one, whether you get it or not. This is just a fun a fun player. So um, if you're not familiar with KingsCast or this game, this is a break in each episode with a former player of our childhood, and Ryan has to guess it based on their bio. So here is your player for today, Ryan. 2003, first-round pick, 11th overall, selected by the Golden State Warriors. Um, playing career, 99 through 2016, small forward slash shooting guard. Um, here are the teams, Ryan. 03 to 08, Golden State Warriors. 08 to 2010, Orlando Magic. 2010 to 11, Phoenix Suns, 11 to 12, Celtics, 2012, 2013, Toronto Raptors, college, uh, no college (laughs) listed. I can't, I don't think. French, though. He's a French guy.
0: All right, go. I think I know who it is, but um, go say say that again. I, you said playing career 99 to 2016, but then you said he was drafted in 03. Can you can you read the bio again? Sorry. No,
1: that actually is a good correction. I'm reading it as I'm going down, and that didn't make any fucking sense on my part. Let me explain it. The, on, when I read that, they, were, in including, the early yeah, they were reading his overseas. His, his, his NBA career lasted 03 to 2013, so I apologize. That's better for you. You're going to remember from the Golden State Warriors and the Magic, I think. Yeah.
0: All right. It's one of two people. It's either FK Udo or Andres Pedrans.
1: Oh, I got you this week, motherfucker. Did you? Hold on. Yeah. No, well, you yeah. already guessed. You yeah. ruined it. Yeah. Uh, Mikel Petrus. Oh, Mikel. Oh, shit. He is Frank. Ah, gosh, damn it. I should have known that. That was stupid. Stupid on my part. You got ahead of yourself, man. Well, hey, yeah, I got one of stupid let on me, my part. Let me enjoy this because I get to put this one in one of my pocket. I, I like to do this when we talk about former uh, Warriors players. Uh, from the early two thousand, because the Warriors were terrible. It just reminds me of how terrible the Warriors were. So it has been the, yeah, you're kind of regretting that. I, 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 yeah, that yeah,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. Of course I do, my, Michael Petrus. But you know, I just want to point out. I think I've gotten two wrong in the time that we've been doing this, and both times I've got them wrong. Eric's fucked up on the bio like he did today. So I just want to point that out. There's asterisks next to my missus Hey man, whatever
1: makes you, whatever makes you helps you sleep at night or whatever, dude. Can so. it help me sleep tonight? Ah, uh, so here we, okay, here we are, Ryan. The week of the trade deadline, three days away. Um, so let me set let me set the stage a little bit. Well, do you want to go to the trade deadline? Or do you want to go into nice you know, game? What do, can, you want can, to do?
0: I, can I say can I say something real quick? Before we get going, before we start, <clears throat> Eric was talking about the Believe Network and everything, and it was just perfect timing as he's talking about us being with the Believe Network and everything, when draft night happened uh i you know believe hit us up and they wanted us i'm sure i've told the story many times on the podcast but they wanted yeah, last
1: us, week last week's episode i think you did did we anyways
0: yeah um it just so happened that the 30 point night for keegan murray and the six threes or whatever eight threes tonight and the uh the little i don't know what you call it, the graphic i guess you can say came up and i uh put it on the believe i put on twitter and tagged the believe believe network in it as you were going on to talk about the believe network and i said
1: hashtag hot takes from kings cast <laughs> yeah well you know the thing is i don't blame like people on the outside looking at the kings i don't blame the people who doubted the 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 over under on the wins i don't blame anybody because the kings have been uh in the laughing stock and we we did an episode like Two years ago, Ryan, worst franchise in the NBA, and it was true. It was totally fran- true. But no,
0: it wasn't worst franchise in the NBA. It
1: was worst franchise in American sports. Even worse. And honestly, I'm not. I'm not going to argue that. Like that was true. But that's not the Kings today. That's not where the Kings are at. No news. So, no new fans, Eric. No new fans. Yeah. Okay, we got <laughs> we got a lot of stuff. Okay, I'm gonna. I know I was talking about the trade deadline. Let's let's talk about this, Ryan. So, let's since we just got done with a game. The Kings win. They blow out the Rockets. Nice bounce back game against the worst team in the NBA. Love to see it. Um, but, yeah, it, it's crazy, though, how the Kings lose a couple games, Fox is out, and it's like complete lack. I, I I said complete lack of composure from Kings fans out there, which is amazing. A like complete lack of composure. Like, you lose two games. They're still in context. The Kings are three in the three seed they are two games behind Memphis as of right now. Like that's, that's as good as you can ask for, honestly. Um, and yeah, and yeah, we've had a lot of conversations about the, uh, how thick, uh, the standings are as as far as everybody's just close together. Um, and I know that you went on last week and talked about, you know, we talked about that thin margin of of error, but, uh, man, just the lack of composure on Kings fans is a little bit surprising to me. Um, I'm, and and well, that's what happens, man. People lose composure. Their takes start getting all erratic and crazy and shit. And I've been noticing that this last week. So that's one thing I've noticed in Kingsland. The number two thing I've noticed in Kingsland, Ryan, which I <laughs> you said no new fans. Well, I, I kind of got fed up. You know, we're the admins of the Kingsland Facebook page with Cap City, Crown, Tony, and then KC uh, as well. So there's a group of us that run that Kingsland page. And um, so we see all the posts that go through Ryan. And. So many people now are, are like bandwagon fans, bandwagon fans, and they're hating on the bandwagon fans. And and I kind of had to say this because I, I kind of felt like I uh, experienced this a little bit about, well, it's been a while, 10 years ago now with the San Francisco Giants. When they got good, they won those World Series. Those fans did the same thing, and it's like – you were riding with us. Now you can't ride with this or ride with this. Then you can't ride with us now. And I'm like, guys, like when the local team does well, like expect casual people to just begin to get excited about the team. And like, that's okay. <laughs> and people got a kick at it. Cause I called everyone hipster gatekeepers. And, it, and a lot of people were laughing at that. And you know what it reminded me of? It's like, it's like that hipster kid who, who finds like this uh, album, this underground album, and then people start listening to them and they're like, dude, I knew them first. Like, like all right, bro, but <laughs> cool for him. good for you, man. You know what I mean? Like, but I like that it's a good song. Like, I, I, I could like them too. So it's okay, man. What's your thoughts on the, the gatekeeping hipsters protecting the Kings bandwagon right now? I mean,
0: I'll tell you what, it's better than the Kings being the laughing stock of American sports. That's for damn sure, you know? So it comes with the territory, right? Um, and if you guys think that this is bad, If the Kings go and win a playoff series, holy shit, it's going to, you know, it's going to multiply by by the hundreds. Um, So, I mean, it is what it is. I I make jokes about no new fans just because. Sacramento fans are kind of like unique in the fact that, uh, you know, pretty much us, I guess the Timberwolves a little bit and the Seattle Mariners. We're just in such a rut for so fucking long that really no other fan base can really understand, you know. Um, so I, 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 you know, people get territorial. Well, I was fucking here when during the seventeen-year drought, and I was here when the Beto Udres and the the Marcus Thornton's and what have you, you know. Um, I, I get it, but it's kind of stupid. At the end of the day, man, like, cool. All I know is every time I go to the G1C, that place is fucking jumping, dude. So, um, the more the merrier, man. It beats going to games in late March and uh, the lower bowls not even filled up, and there's one solo fan at the top level, you know. So, I'll take it, man. If that means, you know, if you know, if having hipster gatekeepers means the Kings are good, I'm all fucking for it.
1: Dude. It is what it is. I noticed the bandwagon occurring when I was at a game and. I'm sitting pretty I'm sitting pretty low like I, I got some tickets and I'm sitting you know behind the hoop maybe 10 rows up and in front of me okay I see a bunch of people with blue hair in front of me I'm not lying about that they have blue <laughs> hair <I'm> like <laughs> and, and he you know the look like coffee shop kids you know the the blue hair oh, the blue hair like, e- I don't even know what to what to call them at. well I'm out here in Sac, right and those it's those midtown hipsters dude I'm like that's how you know the bandwagon's real when but I, I'm not tripping. You know what? I I was I was thinking about it a lot, and what I think it is, it's it's people who were super passionate about the Kings, and they're trying to protect their fandom, and that's what I said. I made a post and I said I understand, like you want to protect your fandom because it means so much to you that you've been waiting and and going through the drag of the Kings for the last decade plus, and then all of a sudden, like it's time to cash in on that, on that misery. And then people, it's like people cutting the line with you and, but you can't look at it that way. You know, like there's different levels of fan there. There's a thing called casual sports fans and that's a normal thing. Um, But I always tell, I would tell someone be cautious because um, you know, the, <laughs> it, it's, it is the Kings. Like once you pick them, you got, there should be real though. Pick them, stick them. You know, I'm for that. Like if you're just a casual fan, and then when the Kings are doing well, like cool, I like the Kings, but that's one thing. When you're bouncing around from team to team, that's another. So pick one, stick one. So once you're a Kings fan, you're a Kings fan, man. And that's why people are like you're a, I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. I've brought it a lot up on the show. And and when Brady went there, people are like, oh, cause of Brady. I'm like, bro, the Bucks have been bad for ten years. Okay, I, if you're a fan, I'm a fan. I have to deal with the crap. So that's all I say. Warn, I warn people. Like, hopefully the Kings don't go go backwards again because you're stuck with them you know but uh this is like Warriors fans dude when we were kids we grew up in the central valley ryan in between oakland in between sacramento and in the early 2000s the kings were rolling the Warriors were terrible and that was a funny one i'm like a lot of people i'm like "Hmm, are you are you a warriors fan they suck when they got good but i'm like okay but i I guess so you pick one you stick one so now you have the Warriors. now that's going to happen with the kings it is what it is and i'm happy for it um you know, a lot of nieces, nephews, friends, kids and stuff. Ryan, you know, it's disappointing when you're like, oh, who do you like? Oh, I like the Warriors. You're like, bro, you, li- you live in you live in Sacramento. You live in Sacramento area. It's like that's a good thing, man. And that means that the Kings are doing well. But anyway, I, I wanted to bring on the podcast because I thought it was funny because the hipster gatekeepers people seem to laugh at. Um, so, yeah, the Kings win tonight. Where-, where are we at, Ryan? I mean, on last week's episode, we talked about the thin margin of error. And then here's what's happened. Here's what happened. Trade deadline's coming up, and that's kind of what we're going into, right? The Mavs go ahead and get Kyrie Irving, and honestly, I think that um, the teams in the West just aren't done. I think there's more moves to be made, and I'm, I am i don't know. You and I have been talking a lot about it, about how uh, the Kings better make a move and do something, like and not say stagnant. So I, I, I don't know. What are, what are you thinking about?
0: Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's hard, man. In years past, we've come out and we've done this big elaborate trade deadline special. It, it feels like there's this time in the NBA right now where for the first time that I can remember that there's not a lot of sellers. Everybody is, especially in the Western Conference, specifically in the Western Conference for that matter, uh, everybody is so close. Like you said, that margin of error is so small that everyone's so close that everybody feels like, you know what? We can make a run at this. I'm not going to sell the house. I'm not selling the farm to to get better. Um, I mean, obviously, Sacramento, I, I think, is in a position where they need to, you know, maybe move a few guys. Rashawn Holmes. But uh, there's not a lot of people available out there, right? So it's, you know, obviously, I want them to go make a move, but I think it's going to be somebody on the lesser side. It's not going to be that big name. You know, one person that's been... Thrown out there, and I've been seeing a lot that I—that's interesting. He's interesting. It's like Jared Vander, Vanderbilt. It's interesting. It's interesting. Is that guy going to really change the landscape of the Western Conference because he comes to Sacramento? No. Um. But it, it's you know it's something to keep an eye on, especially with Kyrie Irving coming over this week, man. You know, people say what they want, all right? Oh, Kyrie and Luca are ball dominant. They're not going to mesh well. I don't give a fuck about that, dude. You got Luca Doncic and Kyrie Irving on the same fucking team dude all right when you have two guys like that who are two of the more talented players in my opinion in the history of the NBA you talk about skill take all the antics out with Kyrie Irving take all the bullshit that's happened over the last 18 to 24 months Kyrie Irving's skill as a basketball player is fucking elite and then when you combine that with you know Luka Doncic who is on pace to you know, to be a, a top player of all time as it is to his first few years, dude, it's it's scary, right? So we'll see, man. Sacramento definitely needs to make a fucking move, in my opinion. But I just don't know how many teams are going to be sellers out there.
1: I'm really excited. We're going to go see the Dallas Mavericks this weekend. And I've been saying that I, I have never seen Luca play live last year. I think the game fell on a weird day of the week. We weren't able to go. I think you sold the tickets for those. We I finally get to go see Luke in person, and I'm excited because I've always wanted to see the speed, the size, and everything, and to really how that looks in person. It's always a different edge. I'm looking forward to that. But no, you're right. And then that's why I I, I kind of had that question. I wanted to put out there on on your thoughts because I you know you look at the standings and the Clippers are just one of those teams that when they come down to it, I'm going to put them ahead of the Kings just because of the length and some of the talent. I'm putting the nuggets ahead. Uh, The Grizzlies, you kind of have to put ahead just on the default. Um, You know, we have, and then you have the Pelicans who, even though they're the eighth seed and kind of floating like head to head, uh, they, they seem to be better. They seem to look better. So it's kind of worrisome because it's already like the standings are the standings, but, uh, it's he, 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 still kind of concerning, and then the ultimate rumor of Kevin Durant to the Suns—whether that happens or not—you know, I I don't know, but uh, you know, what do you what what are you thinking? What well, one thing that the Kings got going for
0: them, and I don't want to be this guy that comes on that praises people getting injured, okay? or definitely not those guys. I'm just stating the facts. Kyrie Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry's gonna miss the next the next fucking month, is what it's looking like, okay? And last week I came on here and I talked about these lesser teams beneath. Beneath Sacramento and lesser in their record this far this season. I don't think talent, um, but like with like the Lakers, right? Anthony Davis is healthy. LeBron James is healthy. Russell Westbrook's healthy. You know, I came on here and gave my spiel about them. If that team's healthy, I'll take AD and LeBron over Sabonis and Fox in a seven game series. It just, it, it is what it is, right? It, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, I came on here and said the same thing about Golden State last week. There's a little room for air now because Steph Curry going to miss the next month. Golden State can't even hold Sacramento's jock strap, dude, when Steph Curry's not playing. Sorry. It is, you know, sorry. Clay Thompson's not the player he was. Draymond Green is not even close to the player that he was or people thought he was. Um, I'm sure everyone, if you listen to the podcast, you know how I feel about Draymond Green. But Sacramento, um, you know, and you hate to say this, but they're fortunate that Steph Curry got hurt. Now you have some breathing room. You know, you have a little bit. Um, and then, like you said, the Pelicans. Yeah, they got their ass beat by 30 the other night to the Pelicans. But let's be real, with Brandon Ingram out and Zion Williamson out, Sacramento is more talented than that team. So, uh, you know, fortunate for Sacramento, you're healthy. And um, some of these teams beneath you seem to be stumbling. So one team, you know, to keep an eye on. um, Well, actually, two teams, Minnesota. Right. And I've been looking at the standings today. Minnesota's a team to keep an eye on, especially if Carl Anthony Towns comes back. And then Portland, man, Portland just. Seems to just hang around. If they can make a little bit of a move, I know they're talking about moving off Josh Hart and possibly bringing somebody in or whatever. So, those are the two teams that I'm looking in the standings at now. That I'm like, okay, maybe they could possibly move up a little bit, and uh, especially if Sacramento stumbles. So,
1: the Kings have done it to this point, right? Like they over the over the midway mark in games, like they've done it to this point. They they've shown us who they are. But I, I said last week's on last week's episode, it's not really what you do. Entirely before the trade deadline is what you do after the trade deadline because that's where it becomes clear teams pick a direction, you know, and it, the, the the ultimate concern is that the, the Kings have to squeeze as much as they can out of this roster and right now they're not doing that because like you said of Rashawn Holmes and there are some guys I don't think they're getting the full uh, they're maximizing fully and it's like Terrence Davis and Dave L. Mitchell, we can go into the, all three of those guys because those guys have all been the ones that are that are uh, coming up in the in the trade stuff. Right. But they have to when they have to squeeze everything out of this roster with the success that they have had. And that, that's my concern is that they don't do anything because a lot of people are saying, stand Pat, it's fine. It's fine. Like, we're going to be good. And that's why I kind of put that out there. Like, it's tough. It's about what you do after really, the, the Mavericks are six seed. You gotta you gotta expect them to be as good as the Kings second half. You know, in all those teams I listed, you have to expect them to be as good. Um and it's up to those other teams towards the bottom, uh 12, 11, 10, 9 that you'd mentioned, Utah, the Trailblazers, the Pelicans, those kinds of teams right there. It's not necessarily like, okay, the Kings may may finish above them in the standings, but okay, even if we were talking playoff time, we get towards the end of the season like that, where the Kings get st- get trapped in those early matchups or something like that. That's, that's kind of what we're looking at. And so I don't agree with the Kings standing pat. Sometimes a big move is not there to be had. And this might be one of those seasons where a big move might not be there to be had uh, realistically, but they have to do, they have to target someone and do something. And I I have a, like a player in mind um, that I think the Kings are going to should go for. That could be an impact player, but I don't know. Trades are going to be very difficult to come by, man. They're really going to be difficult to come by. And and I don't know. Monty's playing it super close to the vest. Some people, I I wish I could give credit, but some people in the threads online have posted that. But all the other trades, Monty's played super close to the vest and we had no clue. So I'm kind of hoping that there's a surprise with that. But um, I I just don't want a a happy-to-be-here roster for the second half of the season and and then them get passed by. You know what I mean? Yeah, one thing I do
0: want to point out too, and I brought this up last week as well, is... Sacramento is far and away the most healthy team in the Western Conference this year. Far and away, like it, it. No knock on wood again. You know, two weeks in a row, nobody's got hurt. You know, Fox missed the last two games because because of, uh, of the child being born and all that. And look what fucking happened, right? Now, granted, it's a long road trip, and maybe they just hit a rut. Maybe if Fox is there, they still lose, right? That's completely possible. Um, but for the most part, Sacramento's been extremely, extremely healthy. Teams like L.A. aren't going to be unhealthy all year. Those guys will get healthy eventually. Minnesota missing currently towns. The guy, you know, teams aren't going to be unhealthy all year. So you have to take that into account when you look at the Kings being the three seed. You know, I think Sacramento, a little different from what you're talking about, you're talking, you know, maximizing the potential of everybody on their roster. You're talking that in terms of, you know, Rashawn Holmes is making all this money and he's not playing, right? What I mean by that is they've got everything out of this roster that they can, right? With Fox Sabonis, with Monk being probably, in my opinion, the sixth man of the year, with Keegan Murray tonight, who's probably going to hit 203s this year if he stays healthy, with Harrison Barnes having a resurgence kind of year they've reached that potential of this roster currently with health. If Devontis Sabonis, you know, is having an off night like he did, they're bad. And, um, you know, it just kind of shows how valuable Darren Fox is, right. It shows how, how valuable he is and how much pressure he takes off of other people. So, um, if the Kings do not make a move, I will be completely shocked. You're right. That Monty's kind of kept things close to the chest. Um, I, I don't know. There hasn't been a lot of rumors. I'm sure things are going to pick up tomorrow and Wednesday. Uh, but I, I think there might, you know, there might be a sneaky team out there that's like, you know what? F it, dude. Let's just sell the farm and let's move on. And uh, but we'll see, man. It's going to be interesting. This is the best time of the year, we always say. But so far, completely quiet.
1: That's that's what makes this this trade deadline kind of... I don't even know. I, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's not like It's not exciting but it could be
0: it's interesting isn't it bullshit too like the one year the kings are good it's like fuck the trade market's just there's no rumors usually dude shit's flying off the handle by this point
1: yeah it's one of the worst it's one of the worst uh like you're saying rumors part to trade deadlines like usually you hear more more things and then and then you're hearing like some other teams out there you would expect to move players they're already coming out and saying you know we're not moving so and so like Pascal Siakam. We like Pascal Siakam. Oh, we're not going to move him. And, and and I don't know, true or not. We'll see what happens. You know, people a lot of bullshit comes out at this time, but you never know. Um, but okay, I I think let, let's talk about players. The 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 players that really that the Kings are being rumored to, and and where there's smoke there's fire, I guess is is Mason Pumley. And Matisse Thibel. Like those, those are the two ones. Now, Mason Plumley, I think we've talked on the podcast before. Like, okay, serviceable moving needles. I don't know. Probably not. Um, people think he's gonna come in and like there's been a lot of discussions around, him. like, he's gonna come in and just replicate Sabonis just in bench form. I I don't know. I don't believe, I don't buy that. Um Matisse Thibel is the one that I like though. Um Matisse Thibel is an all defensive NBA type of player and it's really what the Kings lack. I, that's the one where you can consider a role player that actually could come in and move a needle because one of the Kings' biggest biggest uh problems with I guess is that they they have this uh ability to let random dudes go off on them it happens a lot and you do need you do need Matisse Thybulle on your roster uh when it comes to the playoffs. A lot of good teams have always had players like like that like the OKC Thunder. Remember they had uh Cefalosha. Yeah, Thabo Cephalosha. and then what, what was his name? Uh Ro- Roberson. I can't Andre, think. Right Ro- now. Andre Roberson. Who's make who's trying to make a comeback to the NBA right now. By okay. The way. Yeah. But he he was one he couldn't shoot. <laughs> he could not shoot, but he was a he played because he could defend and uh you know, you know, just guys like that, right? There is just random dude. You have to have guys who can lock down and the kings lack like that. I, I would get excited by that, by that because you're going to have to guard. If you play the Mavs, you're going to have to guard Luca and Kyrie. If you play the Clippers, you're going to have to guard Paul George and uh, Kawhi Leonard. You you know, you're going to have to do that. You're going to have to potentially guard an Anthony Edwards. And, uh, list goes on and on, I guess. And so those put, I say a role, he's the one role player who actually legitimately could move the needle. Um, what it would cost. (laughs) There was a funny meme going around Ryan. And it was, uh, you know, Kings want to make a trade and we have like three second round picks, uh, Terrence Davis and Alex Lynn. It was like a joke. Cause the Kings don't really have, they don't want to give up a lot and you got to give some to get some, but I think because of Davion Mitchell's, he's just not having a great year offensively, like defensively, the ratings keep people keep saying that he's playing. I don't know. You know, I, I guess you trust the ratings defensively impact, I guess, but offensively he's not, it's starting to show. And, um, you may have to trade David Mitchell and I think I'm okay. I'd be okay with that. The right in the rights uh, situation. Um, I had it written down here while we're on David Mitchell, Ryan, that I just want to make the plug because we're always hashtag TTP and look at, we understand TTP doesn't always sometimes it, it's worked out against it. They draft Keegan Murray, they draft and who they flipped for as So good on them for that. But for the, for every uh, one of those is a list of bad picks or picks that are mediocre. in. David Mitchell is a top ten pick, and just shows the value of you could trade a, you could flip a top ten pick and get a more a, a more uh, you know well rounded, experienced, impactful player versus taking a chance on someone else. And sometimes you got to live with that decision. So, but because he was a top ten pick, people are hung up on it right now. They they're expecting the maximum value, and that's where you kind of have to accept. Like, is he that, or is it worth just getting Thibault? Who knows, right? Well, one of my knocks on on Davion Mitchell has always been.
0: He's a backup. You can't play him and Fox together. Okay. It's not going to happen. His offensive game lacks extremely. And at the end of the day, you can say whatever you want about how great he is defensively. He's six foot one. Okay. You, it, great. You're a great on ball defender on some guards. Okay. But at the end of the day, you're not guarding one through four, right? You're not guarding, you know, there's other wings out there, like a Jared Vanderbilt kind of guy who can guard, a lot of people, you know, people say, oh, I can guard all five positions. That's non existent with Davion Mitchell, right? I'm a big fan of versatility of lineups, right? And it's great, you know, you're a great defender against guys who are six four and, and shorter, right? But like you said, who the hell's gonna guard Kawhi Leonard? Who's gonna guard Paul George? Who's gonna guard Luka Doncic in the playoffs? Who's gonna guard these guys? You know, who you know who's gonna guard LeBron James? What are you gonna do? That's where, you know, I'm a big fan of getting you know, possibly moving off him because he is the backup to our best player. Who's going nowhere. Right. Like if, if Davion Mitchell was a a two or a three and he was six foot four, six foot five, I'd be like, okay. Right. We can, you know, gives us a little versatility, gives us a little bit of size, but at the end of the day, he's six foot one, right. He doesn't shoot three. So he's not playing off ball. Okay. Um, And he's not guarding anybody outside the one or two positions. So sorry. You know, and. A lot of people are gonna hate on that and oh you don't know what you're talking about and you know you oh, his defensive rating is this or that. Bullshit, dude. Bullshit. I watch it. You know, watch watch the game. You know, he's he's a smaller dude and it you know, it sucks, but that's where, you know, I really like the Matias Seibel move. And, you know, swapping those players I think would be would be good for Sacramento. You know, you don't need that guy, you know, you don't need Thibel or Mitchell to come in and score. You need those guys to play de- defense on multiple different lineups and give you different looks. And so I'm a big fan of Thibel, man. So um, I think that's the move, man. You've been talking about that all week. I mean, you've been having that conversation and I'm really getting on board with the Matthias Thibel um, look. Who knows if it'll happen? I, You know, I really don't know. Who knows what what Philly, I don't pay attention to what the hell Philadelphia is fucking doing. Um, but it, it is a good point you know, out there. And I, and I want people to realize that, man, at the end of the day, Dave, you know, everything I just said is true about Davion Mitchell. It's completely true. You know, and if, and if you're not willing to look at it, what, you know, look at the situation for what it is, that's bad on you. You know, well, oh, he's a top 10 pick. Yeah. It's bad on you for not, for not recognizing the flaws and the the limits that he's that he's put on with the Sacramento roster. So I, th- I think a lot like of people on
1: that. I think a lot of people are accepting it though, because like us I at the end of last year you saw the offensive flashes you saw the quickness to the ability we were hot on him I was hot on, I, I'll tell you like where 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 I was wrong I'll I'll I've said I'll come on here admit when I was wrong I was super hype on him I mean last year he especially in the year he could score. I, I really thought this year you you even I, did I think too. you were you were there yeah coming into the year yeah. like dude, this guy this got be a 14 15 point a game type of guy I thought the offense from him was going to be better. I thought his shooting would improve, but it's just, it's Non-existent. not, it's, it's not, it's bad. If anything, the offensive part of his game is probably regressed. And, and a lot of that, obviously when players regress, like randomly, it's usage fit system. You, you, right. And so I, I get that. That's part of it. that's why I still believe he's got value. But at some point when you have to assess the team, you have to assess the team moving forward. And that's where the Kings have to do this at this trade. deadline. is it, is say, you know what, I know he's a top-ten pick, I know he may he may have potential, blah, 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 right? But right now, the Kings have a real chance to make the playoffs for the first time in a long time, and what's going to be best for them in the playoffs. uh And honestly, short-term, the Kings kind of have to think short-term right now, and people don't want to do that, Ryan. And you and I are about that. For a lot of years, that's why we were anti-tanking, because we just wanted to see the Kings get in the playoffs. I would mortgage short-term future to get in the playoffs. like I, I would. And I, I'm, I'm with that this year as well. Like I, I think I said last time, I will trade anybody on the roster besides De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis, if that meant it gets some somebody who's going to help us for the next year or two, right? And I even put that out there, even Keegan Murray. Like, not that I want to trade Keegan Murray. I love Keegan Murray. Me and you are biggest Keegan Murray hype mans in Kingsland, dude. We went on, you went on, believe, put the video out. I we put our our stuff out there. We are all for it, but for me the take what was with that was more like I just want to get in and, and be the best team that they could be while they have the opportunity cuz they haven't had the opportunity. And if that means trading a top 10 pick who you just drafted to get a wing defender who's more versatile for you in the playoffs, that might be what it is and it is what it is. Teams do that all the time. I mean, Boston, I talked about that. Traded Aaron Nesmith, dude, Everyone loved that dude in the draft, right? They tra- they moved off him because, you know what, it didn't serve him now. And that's kind of what happens when you become an ascending playoff team. Uh, developing players and picks become less valuable because it's really about the now. And it'll pass you by if you don't properly manage those assets and take advantage of it. So I, the good thing, though, Ryan, is um, it's not a knock on David. Mitchell. Like I said, the potential's there, but I think a lot of people are pretty in line with that I don't think that we're gonna that we're gonna have a lot of opposition with this because people see it they they know the case um another one I wanted to bring up was Harrison Barnes not a lot of chatter on Harrison Barnes and and I don't think there should be uh because the contracts expiring I think in the beginning of the year people expected him to be a prime candidate to be traded and I think you and I early in the year we were kind of we were bummed on him he didn't look good the first first you know, a couple weeks of the season, we're like, oh, God, right? What's going on with this dude? But since he's found his role, since he's turned it around, and sometimes, dude, you play it out and guys may walk, but that happens. Like, that's okay. And uh, they don't need to trade him just to trade him because he's to lose him for nothing. And you don't need to extend him right now. People are like, extend him. Like, dude, that's not how it works. Just sometimes you let things ride and if a guy leaves, a guy leaves. I, I don't know. So I don't anticipate him getting traded unless it's in something big. Unless no, there's he's something not,
0: big, he, yeah, he, he's not going nowhere. And 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 let's talk about Harrison Barnes' history. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that guy walked after a championship, right? It was in oh, Dallas for a max,
1: for a max deal, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But still,
0: you know what I mean. Like it's not, yeah. you, you know, you're talking about a championship team didn't bring back a young a young guy like that. So
1: because <laughs> they got Kevin Durant as well, but that wasn't the same year. Yeah, I think so. You have to look no, back it wasn't. at it. They okay, well. The
0: same year um but you know like you know it's not unheard of like you said guys walk and uh at the end of the day i there's no way that guy's going anywhere (laughs) like i i just on shouldn't say that i i you know if a if a grandfather offer came in and you know sacramento had the chance to to do something crazy but i i just don't see the point of moving harrison barnes at, at this time um so We'll see, man. It's, it's really interesting, dude. I, I, I'm, as you're talking, I'm sitting here scrolling Twitter looking like, come on man, give us fucking something. Give us, you know, some type of rumors and nothing's going on, man. So uh, the only thing I can tell you guys is Rashawn Holmes did not play a second in a 30 point win at the Houston Rockets tonight. So uh, maybe that is foreshadowing some events that might be happening later here in the week, but other than that, man, it's a cold front in Sacramento.
1: Well, they haven't been playing him at all, at all. So, season. well, he played. He played. Uh, he played it at the Pelicans. I think that I on Rashawn Holmes. I'm so pissed that we were so right about him. Oh God, dude! <laughs> I'm like, I'm. I, I'm really pissed that we were so right about that guy because we were so against him getting getting a long term contract. We were so against the hype we told everyone he was a role player, like everything we said was absolutely 100% right, like no debate at all and I think that in the time the hype was so heavy and it was the hype was so like there that we kind of, we had no choice but to just be like, look it, yeah they can, they're going to bring him back but it's got to be back, it's got to be on like you know, two, three years 30 million with a, with, a, with a team option and I thought that was selling the guy low but that that might have even been too high for the dude uh, looking back at it now. And um, I don't know if there'll ever be a real report that'll come out on why that guy got paid. I just think it was a lot of fan pressure. I think Monty had to do something like where the, where the Kings were and that's why he wouldn't correct his mistake. But here I do have hope, Ryan, if Vladdy DVlog could trade Dwayne Dedman after a bad contract, <laughs> Vladdy. Then I have full faith that, uh, Monty Big Balls McNair can move off of Sean Holmes, um, for something, you know, and I think something would be two, two smaller contracts, uh, of guys who you might be able to play. That, that's, that's a dub for me. And then, uh, everyone out there who would love Sean Holmes is can move on and it's done and it's, and it's behind us.
0: Well, the only person who's going to, uh, Feel bad that Rashawn Holmes is gone. Is Chris Laird? Shout out that guy.
1: Yeah, friend of the show, Chris Laird. He came yeah, on for show, episode. He came on, he came on for episode 100. Was it? Yeah, came on episode 100. We brought him on. Well, you know, he. I, I get it. You know, I've been. You're fans of guys, and you, and you get hyped around, but it was like, not. It's not picking on that guy. No, you know, he saw something different, but it, he still sees something different. Yeah, he still sees something <laughs> different. I. It's like the ultimate uh, apologist for it, but you know, I, I, I we've said though, Ryan, we're we we do not root for for the Kings to be bad. We don't root for against players at all. Even in, I'd rather be wrong and a player perform than me be right in this situation. And they don't. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I honestly believe that. No, no ego involved in that take. Like I genuinely want that, and um, unfortunately, that's the case. But if they don't move them, okay, what, what the hell? You know, what the hell? I think worst so worst case scenario for me, Ryan. Worst case scenario is. Rashawn Holmes doesn't get moved, and it's something like Alex Len and Metu or something, and it's nothing. It's just like a nothing move. I think Terrence Davis is another one. Like, I just hope it's not something where they just swap a player for a random player like they have in a couple years, like Mo Harkless. I mean, they got Mo Harkless or, you know, just random guys like that who they bring in. And then, you know, DiVincenzo, who they bring in and they don't do anything. I just don't want to see some little baby move like that. I don't like that. I don't know, man.
0: I, I think I can come on here pretty confidently and say where Sean Holmes is gone on Thursday, right? Like if he, like, that's the one I will might as well say it. He's the one player on the team that I'm like, dude, that motherfucker's gone. He's gone. Like, how are you on the roster Even if you have to give away some second round picks and essentially pay someone to take this guy off your hands, right? Like he's gone, dude. He has to be, he's getting no minutes. Like he didn't get he's the only person on the team who didn't play tonight, dude. They won by 30 points. How is he not gone? So that's the one guy that I'm like, all right, if on Thursday, if if you make no moves at all, right, to upgrade the roster, if you still have his almost 12 million still on the books Thursday at three o'clock Pacific or whatever the hell, four o'clock Pacific, whatever the hell time it is, I'm gonna be a little fucking like, what the hell are you doing? So come out here and say it. That's that's my my hot take if you want to say for our our trade deadline uh predictions there's no way that guy should be on the roster on Thursday not a fucking chance
1: I agree I I'm with you cuz I think that it's just going to be a, a it's going to be a uh how do you go how do you move forward from here if you're the kings like if t- the two guys for me are Terrence Davis and Rashawn Holmes Terrence Davis is a talented player but and but just has dmp's or doesn't always play and I understand why, I think. And then Rashawn Holmes doesn't play a lot. Like, how can you move forward with those guys just sitting there? You're going to let them waste? You're going to let $15 million waste on your bench? Like, you can't do that. That's kind of calling back to what I said at the beginning of the episode. That you're, That's what I had meant about. You have to squeeze everything you can out of this roster, especially if you're not going to make a bigger move. And that's when you have $15 million on your bench not, not being utilized like that. That's a big problem. Um. So I, I guess we'll see. I, I think I will come on here. I will look forward to the episode if they come on here and they're able to do something cool with that. Uh, since we last recorded last week, Ryan, they announced the All Star, uh, teams, and then Sabonis made it as expected, and if Fox didn't make it, which was, I'm not surprised, but I I am a I am surprised in some ways, I guess. I'm not surprised because years ago, Damian Lillard, I remember, had a great... Was having a great year. I can't remember the year. Uh, he had like 26 points a game and he didn't make the All-Star team. I remember that. And it was a big deal. And so once he didn't make the All-Star team, uh, I, I, I that's like a lesson learned. Like, shit happens, you know? But then I saw who did make the All-Star team and I was kind of... Uh, it kind of bothered me, dude. Like, I'm a really big Laurie Markkinen fan. I've seen him play live like four times this year three times. I went three, I think three times this year. I uh, even once in Utah, that guy's super talented, super cool, but man, he's not, he's, you know, 24 points a game and on a team that's not as good as Sacramento, like they're bottom, they're down in the standings. He makes it. Uh, Jaron Jackson makes it, which, um, you know, I just, it, you see that. And then I know it's the Eastern comps, but Tyrese Halliburton makes it on a, on a worst, on a bad team too. It's just like, I, I don't know, man, it's disappointing. The The, 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 lack of uh credit for a guy i I, th- I, I would think that it, if it were any other team that had as- got their their team to ascend like Fox has in the standings especially in the west after dormant years like this like more recognition would come around and and this is where I I just don't understand I don't it's like f- like a frustrating feeling I don't get why some guys, just get love, and some guys don't. It doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't. Like, uh, Fox has done everything that John Morant did a couple years ago. You know, like it, it, the the Grizzlies ascended in the standings. He had he, John Morant was playing great, but had a great team, and it's like all of a sudden, dude, the guys everywhere hype, hype, hype. Tyrese Halliburton. No one said shit about Tyrese Halliburton until he until he got traded by the Kings. No one, no one cared about Tyrese Halliburton when was on the Kings roster, and then he gets traded, and then all of a sudden next best thing, you know, and I just don't understand why some guys, there's a lot of picking and choosing. I know uh, Anthony Edwards didn't make it. I'm surprised that guy doesn't get more hype for his age and, and his skill set. Um It just stuff. I just, that whole dynamic doesn't make sense to me. And that's the pro That is one thing around the NBA. That's just for lack of a better word, just bullshit, dude. It's bullshit. And I guess there's a chance that he might get in because Curry gets injured. Is it the same? I don't know. You know?
0: Yeah, it's definitely not the same, but I'll fucking take it. Let's be honest. I'll I'll take that shit just to see two kings in the freaking All-Star game. Uh, You know, the one, you know, it's weird about how many guards or forwards. I don't really know all the rules when it comes to the All-Star game. You know, I don't really pay attention that much to the ins and outs of it. But Jaron Jackson, let's be real. Okay, me and you have come in here and talked about Jaron Jackson in the past on the podcast. There is no way that that fucking guy should be in the All-Star game. I'm sorry. 16 and 6. 16 and 6. And you get in the fucking all-star game. That's, it's horrendous, dude. It, it makes no freaking sense. The guy's not even the second best player on his own team. You know, the fact that like, if you're going to put anybody in from Memphis, you better put Desmond Bain in, you know, it it, it is absolutely ridiculous that Jaron Jackson of all people got in to the freaking all-star game. So, that's the one person for me that I saw and I'm like, you got to be shitting me right now. Jaron Jackson. Jaron Jackson, really? The seven-footer who doesn't fucking rebound? You know what I mean? Like, come on, dude. And you can sit here and talk about his defense all you want. All I know is I've been hearing hella rumors about them inflated-ass fake stats that they'd be doing down in Memphis. And all I've been hearing in the news lately is all this crazy shit about the Memphis Grizzlies. So... You know, I'm officially, let's put out here, I'm officially on the hater train for the Memphis Grizzlies, bro. I can't fucking stand that crap, dude. It is absolutely ridiculous. Like, you talked about how Fox gets no love and Morant gets all this love. All I've seen in the last few weeks is Memphis acting up, right? You know, losing on a, you know... What'd you say before we hopped on the podcast, Eric? They lost three straight or they've lost. Yeah, they've lost three straight, three straight. And I want to say they had lost like eight of nine last week when we were on here. Okay, Uh, that's all I've seen is is love for those guys. And Jaron Jackson is completely overrated. I don't give a shit about his defense right now. Okay, Uh, 16 and six doesn't get you in the All-Star game, dude. I'm fucking sorry. I'm sorry that that one's bugged me. Um, You brought up the Anthony Davis thing. Yeah, it's kind of surprising that guy gets no love. but Anthony that, Anthony Edwards. Or, yeah, excuse me. Yeah, Anthony Edwards. Uh, yeah, it's kind of weird that guy gets no love. You you are right, dude. His size, his age, his ability, man. Like, that guy puts up numbers, and he's hella young. And he's the first uh, pick in the draft, dude. Like, you know, he's usually, number, yeah. usually guys like that. But like, that's the narrative, right? So, like, you look back on a couple years ago. This is year three for him, I believe. When that draft came out, everybody's like, oh, weak draft weak draft you know and that's kind of been the narrative around that guy like oh it's a weak draft like he came out of georgia it's not really a basketball school and shit like that but tell you what man that guy's freaking impressive there's not very many people more athletic than that guy in the world you know and uh it just so happens that he plays for a shitty franchise like memphis that gives up uh their future for rudy fucking gobert who i've came on here in the podcast and talked to mad crap about i can't stand that guy I think Rudy Gobert is probably the most overrated player in the NBA. Um, So, you know, you feel bad for a guy like Anthony Edwards, who's stuck in that hell hole. But, um, you know, definitely two guys that deserve an all-star appearance more than Jaron Jackson or De'Aaron Fox and Anthony Edwards, man. So, all right, enough hating. Enough hating for me tonight. That's that's about
1: it. That's all I got. Yeah, there is some hating. Yeah, which is bullshit. It's bullshit, though, dude. It really is one and eight in their last nine the Memphis Grizzlies are. So you know what I I think what would be great is if is if the Kings um can can catch him in the standings. You you know, KC had put this on on Kingsland and I agree with him. He said um he said you know Memphis Memphis and Sacramento is like the one potential future big time rivalry that no one's really pointed out yet and and I really see that and I hope for that. Um it it makes it makes a lot of sense kind of Uh, where the teams are at in the timeline. But all right, Ryan, so trade deadline coming up. We'll probably, if the Kings do anything, we'll come on for sure and talk about it. I don't think we're going to do one before then, unless something heats up, man. I mean, if something heats up, we're on, you know we are. Um, And and then really second half of the season, it's really, I think we're going to have a clear, I've been saying for episodes and episodes and episodes, I'm waiting for the standings to clear up. I'm waiting for direction to happen. I'm just waiting to see, and it has not yet happened. And this is the time where typically, it does. So I'm hoping that this is an exciting trade deadline. I'm hoping that the Kings do something cool. And I'm hoping that we have a better idea of what's going to look like the second of the season. And I'm looking forward to cashing in on that Kings over very soon. So, Hey guys, we appreciate you listening in. If you ever want to interact or be a part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find Ryan and I on Twitter and Facebook at Kingscast. There and at Kingscast Ryan. We're active on there as well as our Facebook group, Kingsland. Check that out. Uh, best place to talk Kings with other Kings fans. Um, if you want to support the show, please slide down on Apple Podcasts and slide up on Spotify. Leave us a five-star review. It does help us reach more Kings fans just like you. And as always, check us out on the Believe Podcast Network where we are, the Sacramento Kings signature show. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Kings.